I mean sensible, I mean the senses, of only interacting with him according to what their senses alone could perceive. They could contemplate and believe what only matched their senses and their mind, but they weren't open to anything that their mind couldn't at that point grasp. But God was above that. In spite of their thinking, God remained and remains God. And I say this because we are all very much like them. We're not very different from them. There are many of us who are very addicted to the system. There are deacons who will get very upset if a hymn was done out of place, or if a young kid accidentally entered the sanctuary with his left foot instead of his right. There are people who get very upset and angry if something in the thoughts and the rites and the rituals wasn't followed to the T. We have people who judge people who break their fast at midnight as opposed to doing evening till morning. Even though they didn't start at midnight and we start calculating what everybody is, is doing, we definitely have Pharisees and we have them in abundance. And there are those of us who are standoffish with God because we feel like he doesn't make sense to us. We don't want to disbelieve altogether because, hey, there are a lot of people who believe in God and there's probably some possible truth to it, but let me take part from the distance because I'm not really sure. We still have many people like that. We also have those who come only for what they get, for the miracles or for the show or for the benefits. The church provides them something that they like. They're addicted to Pope Krollis miracles, they love youth group, they feel accepted and others don't accept him, they feel some kind of support. All of those are benefits. They're not wrong, but they're not the point, right? They're not the reason why we're here. But all of those are the opposite of love. All of these are in some form selfishness or pride. And if you're wondering how that could, could be so, and what are we supposed to do then, or what's wrong with that, well, that's exactly what the lawyer in today's gospel was asking Christ. The lawyer was going to Christ. The lawyers were, were, were scribes. Scribes and lawyers are the same rank. They had interchangeable names. And the scribes, their job was to transcribe the law. So they were seen as the experts in the law because they were constantly writing them out. So they were respected people as being people who had the right and the authority to interpret the law because they know it best, right? They're the ones who, who have it. So when they come to, to Christ, it's not a genuine asking in this, um, in this scenario. He's asking because he wants to trap him and that's why it says he wished to test him, right? He wanted to see where Christ would stand on this. So he stood up to assert himself and make sure that the whole world knew who he was and tempted him asking, so exactly what should we do if you're claiming that we don't know and if you're claiming all these things about us? And our Lord answered, because this is his expertise, putting him on the spot, saying, well, what's written? What is written in the law? Since you're an expert of the law, tell me what's written in the law. How do you interpret the law? So he turned it right back to the scripture and the scribe answered that it was love to God, love God with your whole heart, and your neighbor as yourself. So the man knew the words. He knew the words. But clearly he wasn't getting it. The reason why the other stuff was wrong was because it was missing the mark. That's what sin is. Sin is simply missing the mark. It's not falling short of a rule book, right? It's not about a list of, of thou shalt and thou shalt nots. It's falling short of who you are designed and meant to be, which is God himself, to be in the image 
and likeness of God. God is the mark, love, perfection, holiness. Those are the things that God are, God is, and we were made in that image and likeness to be exactly that. Anything falling short of that is what is considered sinfulness. So then how were those things prideful? Because they were self-serving. Let's look at what love is to understand what the opposite is. Our God said, greater love has no man than this, than he give his life down for his friends. Why? Again, because love is to live for others. It's self-denial. It's for my will to exist for others, not to be self-willed. There's no need for self-denial if we all have the same will. But when there is a conflict of will, that I lay down my will for the sake of someone or something else. The opposite of love, then, if self-denial is love, then the opposite of love is self-gratification. Right? This is why pride is seen as the most abominable thing in the Bible, even more than, 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 than fornication and adultery. Pride is, is seen as the worst thing. Love is not being nice. Love is not sex. Love is self-denial. We are often totally blind to this. We think we are being very loving when really we might just be being kind. It's good to be kind, but it's not love. For example, it would be a nice gesture, a kind gesture of me to tell someone who is poor, you know, I feel really badly for you and your predicament. I hope it all works out for you. It's, it's a kind thing, maybe, to say. Right? But it's a completely different thing than to put my hand in my pocket and pull out the five bucks that I have, and I have no other cash or that I need that five bucks. Now I've denied myself. Now I've given. Right? Love is not kindness. Kindness is good, but love is love. Love is a completely different thing. Or if someone is mourning a death, patting them on the back and saying, the rest in your life, I don't know the English expression, or condolences, and hugging them is really kind. But canceling your plans that you can cook for that person, visit that person, clean that person's house, or anything that that person would accept from you, that's self-denial. It is love. In fact, if you wanted to go visit them and they said, actually, would rather that you don't, your refraining from going is an act of love because you're respecting their wishes over your own. You're not forcing your way of showing something or saying something or doing something on somebody else. You denied your own desire to do something because the other person wants something else. Love is self-denial. So pride then is self-gratification. It's the opposite of love. And this is what's going on with our world today, including within our churches. Do whatever makes you feel good. Sound familiar? This is the opposite of love. And this is why our Lord spoke of the end time, saying that because people would do whatever they want, they would be lawless, he says, there will be less love in the world. Why? Because we're not looking for the other anymore. We're looking for the self. Martyrdom, then, is the highest form of love. So is monasticism, if done right. So is marriage, if done right. So is being a youth, if done right. It's denying yourself for your lover who is God. Dying for someone else, and there are benefits, It's just that love is not seeking those benefits, even if they also exist. There are benefits to being married, but people hopefully don't marry for those benefits. They marry because of love, and they endure hard times because of love, and they enjoy good times because of love. The continual putting the other person in front of you before yourself, that is what it is to love someone. Our God put himself below himself. 
God, God put himself below who he really is. He put himself below us. He left his throne to be, in the words of St. Discourse, whose feast we, we celebrated this week, to be with us, like us, and for us. He stooped down to rescue us. He entered our condition to know and feel and be exactly like his creation. And he did not have to do this. He died to restore us and renew us. People think it's amazing when someone donates bone marrow. He gave his life. So don't worry about his love. We should be worried about our love. So perhaps beginning of, of, of this, this new year of the church, would recommend that everyone spend some time self-reflecting, taking time to, to meditate with, with, with concentration, not just passively. Do you know God? Do you know God? Or are you blinded by some form of self-love or gratification? Are you a Pharisee? Are you someone who's living on a system and forgetting the point? Are you somebody who's worshipping from the distance because you're not really sure? Are you here for the benefits because church makes you feel good? Or do you love him for who he is? Second is to recover your identity in this relationship. You need to know that you're a child of God, an heir, a friend, a lover. These are all different analogies that the Bible uses about our relationship with God. God uses all of these analogies for us, his people. When you read your Bible, which hopefully you do, read it with that lens on so you can understand and get to know better your God. And third is to start practicing love. To do this is very simple. Start just by denying yourself. Parents, I suggest you look for ways to deny your will for one another and for your kids. Voluntarily give them something that shows that you are denying yourself on their behalf. Kids, you might like that idea, um, but you should do the same. Find something that is uncomfortable that you know would please your parents, even if it's not something pleasing to you, and follow through on it. All of us need to find ways to deny ourselves. There are so many ways. You might wish to spread something you heard about a friend. You might have the temptation to gossip. So stop yourself and say, this person might not be happy to have this information shared. Even though I want to, I won't for that person's sake. If you see a homeless on this person on the street, give something to them. Don't, don't give to your self-will of potential judgment, what you think they're gonna do with the money, in fact, if you're so actually genuinely concerned about where they're going to spend the money, then take an extra time to go and get them like a, a gift card, even if it's for five bucks from Loblaws or Zares or something like that, if that's really your genuine concern. Don't have an excuse not to deny yourself. Don't have an excuse not to give. That would be extra denial because you went out of your way to do it for them. If someone's a loner or someone has trouble finding friends and isn't invited to things, Invite that person to either spend time with them or the group if you're not able to. If you deny yourself, if you begin to learn love, God will reveal himself to you in ways that you did not imagine. You will see that the world in front of you totally changes because the Holy Spirit grows within you and begins to speak with you, reveals to you the things that were hidden that you were not able to see because of the veil of your own will. The people were in front of God and didn't know that they were in front of God. And so often are we. When we work in love, the scales will fall like Saul of Tarsus, and we will see God, and we will be transformed. And then truly we can say, blessed are our eyes for they see, and our ears for they hear. 
Glory be to our God forever and ever and to the age of all ages. Amen. Ah.